Hi, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 60, my special returning guest is the ever-so-business-savvy Michelle Marquardt-DeVoe. We had a very early morning discussion about the challenges we face in our teaching studios depending on our age. So, if you are new to teaching, you've just graduated from university, and you're trying to balance a performing schedule and a roster of students, or perhaps you have experience, but now you're trying to balance your children and family responsibilities with your independent teaching studio, or you have been in the trenches for decades and are desperately trying to keep up with science, anatomy, plus all the social media you need to know to run your business. Well, Michelle has simple strategies for all of us and a very important reminder on how we can support each other. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now, here's your host, Nikki Loney. Uh, welcome yet again, my dear friend, colleague, sister from another mister, <laughs> Michelle Marquardt <Yeah>. DeVoe. <laughs> now, Michelle, I do have to tell people that because of your schedule, because of my schedule, it, you got up super early and it is now officially 5.30 in the morning where you are at. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up an hour ago to make sure that I was oh, properly caffeinated. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I'm always happy to have you on the podcast. You bring such great information and uh, inspiration. And thank you so much. And I'm actually excited to talk about this uh, topic, which is something that, uh, quite frankly, none of us really want to think about. Mm. Would you agree? Yes. It, it kind of creeps I up on you. Yeah, it does. And then I think you get comfortable thinking about it again. But there's Yeah. It's a there's heavy a it's a heavy topic. Uh, so we are talking about age and how our age really has an has an impact it affects us in our teaching studios, in our businesses, how we relate to our students and the people that we do business with. And age matters. And there's different challenges. Well, let's talk about our, our young, our 20-somethings, our, tw- our, early, our yeah. early teachers that are new to the thing. So the clients that I have that are that young, the consistent feedback I get, especially from the women, mm. is feeling like they are not able or equipped to establish themselves as the authority in the relationship between yes. the the because most of them are working with kids right they're mm-hmm. oh my gosh the energy that a 20 something can bring to a kid lesson when they are when they know Huge. how to do a kid lesson i mean i would pay a lot of money for that energy again <laughs> <laughs> right right totally so i would say that energy gives them that youthfulness and it makes parents think that they're not boundary oriented around how they run their business. So because of Mm. that, and they're young, oftentimes they haven't really thought through their policies quite yet. And they're in that very 
or the or the difference between a policy and a boundary. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about this, that there's a difference between a policy and a boundary. And sometimes you just need mm-hmm. to draw a boundary and not necessarily have like 25 pages of policy. Um, mm. Like you can't use your policy as a magic Captain America shield. That should be a tweetable. Do it. Write it down. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Anyway, young. So because they're young, the parents tend to look at them as children instead of as a business owner and a colleague. Wow. Yes. That they can have a adult conversation with coupled with the fact that unfortunately, let's call it like it is, we don't really have a way that we are teaching people how to adult. Mm. So people go through university, they go through school, they get education, but you know, there's no more, discussion on etiquette there's no more discussion on how to have a difficult conversation there's no discussion for these young people on how to be a grown-up and I think those those skills are getting lost fast because we don't teach it so this is the importance of mentorship and finding you know age matters is finding teachers that are farther along in experience Mm -hmm. level and in age because sometimes they're just going to give you language and they're going to teach you how to handle a situation because they've Mm -hmm. been there and they've already experienced it. And I, it's, I know that the young teachers, so I hope the young teachers are not offended by this because I do know that there are, there's a lot of insecurity around age because people aren't taken seriously when they're younger. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen it a lot of times. And you do see it like in the forums, you know, a lot of teachers are, are posting questions about how do I deal with mm-hmm. this parent or how do I deal with the student? I mean, my challenge when I was in my 20s was when older vocalists came to me. It, mm. I felt I felt a little awkward sometimes because they were they were usually 10, maybe even 20 years older than me. Like imposter syndrome awkward? Like how am I going to teach this person who's older than me? That, or? Yeah, that and just, just I didn't feel that I was being taken seriously, even though I had, you know, by my early 20s, I had a lifetime of, of experience as a vocalist and, and I felt very confident in my abilities. But I also, I always felt that, you know, they weren't really appreciating what I had to offer. I do remember several situations as a young teacher dealing mostly with parents Mm -hmm. like I I remember this one parent said to me one time oh well I don't know why you're charging so much it's just you you wow (laughs) it's just you like okay so I'm because I'm a single woman choosing to live my life single at the time and I got married at 29 so it was before you know I was in my 20s right so because I'm choosing that right now I don't deserve to like have a nice apartment or live in a way that I desire to live because it's yeah that I'm not I'm not working hard you know yeah (laughs) that and I would say so that you know age also not only age but like life status Mm. right like single and then you couple that with the age so like a young single person is not taken as seriously as a young married person mm. because 
you know, that's a whole other issue of like. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, I know, elevating the status of married versus single in the entire culture. And yes, mm. that's another podcast. That whole thing of being single and not married. And I can't tell you how many times I heard, well, you don't have children, so you don't understand. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Or, well, when you have kids. So, but all of that to say, I think looping all the way back around, it's like, okay, you're young. First of all, you also don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And because you just got out of university or out of a training program, you think you know everything. You think mm-hmm. you know, because that's your context, right? Yeah. And I don't think, like, to me, that's not bad. I think it's good to be in a place where you feel confident in your knowledge. Mm-hmm. However, yes. sometimes you can get a little too confident in that knowledge and not realize that what you learned was one path of learning and that mm-hmm. it's okay when you I think it's probably a little bit of fallacy of sunk costs come to think of it where it's mm-hmm. like it it doesn't feel good to pay a lot of money and invest a lot of time in your life get on the other end you're 24 you're leaving your you know, university, you just graduated, and then you realize it didn't teach you everything. Yeah, I think it comes honestly, right? Because school sets you up, our whole system sets you up to think that like colleges, or grad school, for that matter, is like, the pinnacle of knowledge, or even PhDs and DMAs, right? Like somehow, because you went through all the schooling, you magically know everything. So that's the tw- that's the twenties, right? That's the twenties, yeah. And then oh, and also not and then, knowing what you want yet. Oh, absolutely, right? Like not being quite sure what you want your studio to mm-hmm. look like. Maybe you know, maybe you're still like you're trying to decide. Well, do I pursue this performance thing? You know, and depending if you're classically oriented or pop rock musical theater oriented, that's a pressing conversation because if you're classically oriented, you're like smack dab in the middle of yaps and you're traveling and you're going to Europe. It's a much different travel schedule and audition Mm. life in the classical vein than it is in the musical theater pop rock vein. Right, right. So, and in musical theater, you, if you're in grad school, then you're, it's too late, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's just right. you go after your BA, usually. Right. Yeah, I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of our younger teachers, because they are still heavily invested in performance of some type. And it this was me in my first years of teaching was it was a it was a teaching was a means to an end. It wasn't necessarily something that I was crazy passionate about. At, mm. When I first got started, it was, it was the more consistent form of income. But it was challenging because sometimes the performance schedule really, really uh, was not working with the teaching schedule um, or it was obvious to the people that were doing business with me that I wasn't as committed as I could be because of, you know, that and that's a challenge. Like you, how do you find that balance between I'm offering you a service and I'm professional, but I'm also a working singer who is very invested in performing that's hard really hard i i say you call yourself a teaching artist oh i like that yeah it's pretty common in the u.s kind of you know Mm -hmm. i'm and to me i think what it implies is that you do both 
So mm -hmm. it's all in the messaging, right? Just being clear and upfront. I'm a, I am an active performer. This is what I do. And I teach and then building your policies around that too. Cause I think people, what they do is they separate it too much. Right. And that's where it comes into conflict where it's like, if you just embrace the mush, then you could create like when I have to cancel for this or you can sell your packages differently or you can offer your services differently. You know, you can say some when I am on tour, you will have half hour lessons over Skype or, you know, um, you get creative and you just say, I can accommodate both of these. What does that look like instead of trying to fit in a mold? Right. And right. like, oh, this this is how you do voice teaching. And then this is performing over here. And people can't see me, but I'm doing hand actions. Um, but can I say one more thing about awesome young teachers that I just thought of? Yes. Mm -hmm. I kind of get mad at older teachers sometimes mm. when I and when I read some of the questions. Because it's like. As we grow, we have to remember where we came from, yo. Mm, and yeah. like, it kind of, like, I know why young teachers get a little bit defensive and a little bit like, I know I got this, I got this, I can do this. It's because people are condescending. Because yes. it's in our culture to be condescending to both young and old people. So it's true. What, however you classify young and old in terms of age, but people are condescending to both ends of the spectrum. And so, of course, mm. there's going to be a little defensiveness and a pushback and I've got this, you know, right. because how do you make yourself vulnerable to someone who is basically going to just condescend you? Mm -hmm. I, would I would encourage young teachers to still press toward vulnerability because wow, that'll nice. just make you a better person. Mm -hmm. But I, I want you to know that I see that people are swear words to you. But um, yeah, my first five years, it was very isolated. And it wasn't until I connected with other teachers. Mim was one of the first mm. uh, teachers that I connected with. And, and she was similar in a similar place. She, even though she wasn't, she was younger than I was, we were still kind of at the same spot in our teaching uh, mm -hmm. careers. And just yeah. having one other person to bounce ideas off of and to lament the struggles with was so amazing and it changed uh, it changed my attitude about teaching it made me more confident so i love that comment that you made about mentorship and i wish i wish i had i had that earlier in my career it would have made a bigger difference for sure it's a hot topic now which is good there's a lot mm -hmm. of, of buzz I know around the different, you know, organizations and there are organizations that are setting up mentorship programs, you know, but you know what? I am middle age. So let's move on to middle age. I, you okay. know, we're in that zenial. I'm a zenial. Do you know what that is? It's the weird uh, generation that's yes. born like 1977 yes. to 1980, early 80s. Yes, my uh, my meditation yoga teacher, Steve, was talking. He's a zenial too. And he was talking about that in class. And he said that, that it's just, you. it's a unique group that cannot be grouped with yep. Gen Xs and mm -hmm. the millennials. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. So this, so this generation in the middle where... 
it's kind of the tail end. Yeah, zenial, early millennial, right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And late, late, early, late Gen X, zenial, and early millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those people are like, the challenge is there is you, many, many of us, not all, we're trying to juggle our family. Oh, huge. Small kids or, you know. Or in aging the parents. Yeah. Sandwich generation. Like, sandwich. Right? I am I am definitely the quintessential sandwich generation. I have a young son, son in elementary school. Yeah. And I have aging parents. And yeah. My parents just bought a house a six-minute walk from my house. I'm hearing and, the inflection in your voice. <laughs> well, here's 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 why it's the inflection. Because we haven't had the sit down and come to Jesus talk about how much I want them to babysit my children so I can do my job. Mm. Right? Which is horrible. It's like, oh, yay, mom and dad, you're coming. Yes, child care. But that's how, okay, but that is to say, like, that is what goes on in our minds at all times. Is, okay, mm-hmm. I got to teach prime teaching hours if you have a studio full of children or young yep. pe- people is under, after you know, school pe- is after school evening, but that's the time that your children need attention, you know, and w- how do you do it? How do you, how do you get your kid, you know, literally the question last night, how are we going to get, you know, Malachi to baseball when you have a, a late meeting in China husband and I have a lesson. Because normally it would be like, oh, you're taking them to baseball because I have a lesson. But do I need to cancel this lesson? Because now you have this um, important meeting to do. So it's like Mm -hmm. you're juggling. You're not only juggling the needs of your studio, but you're trying to Mm -hmm. figure out how to like still show up as a parent. Yep. I struggle with that every day. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I had to draw some, I don't know about you, but I had to draw some big old boundaries around communication with clients mm. oh Big yes ones. where in the past mm-hmm. it was like it was easy to just text back no problem like I didn't mind at all mm-hmm. really I honestly was like oh I just text back or whatever but like now you can try it text me if I'm in the middle of something and I'll be like either not answer you <laughs> or I'll be like I can't like I gotta go kid I got to go parent. Love you. Bye. (laughs) You know, and it's, or I'm happy to answer that. This is the professional text is this is such a great question. I'm happy to ask it tomorrow in office hours or such a great question. Let's talk about it at your lesson or such a great question. Email me. So I don't forget to answer you, Mm -hmm. you know, really guiding that. Um, Other, other hard things about this age is you're also in the generational weirdness of, all these younger teachers actually know more, learned differently and know more because the pedagogical like landscape yes. has shifted about what they're learning. They know more, but they don't have the application. And then the older teachers are telling you, you don't need that information if you want to be a good teacher. <laughs> and so you're kind of like, you get into, well, you get into that, like, I have to know all the things mode. So you're in self-improvement mode. Right. Wow. So you're reading can everything. We just, can we just can we just have a moment of silence while I weep silently? <laughs> the oh. other end here. That 
is so so true like that the last couple of years for me and again I'm so lucky I have you I've met Shannon Coates this community mm. online and all the colleagues that I've met and John Henney was so lovely and but that the whole science of singing for for those of us who went to school 20 something years ago and mm-hmm. then you you lift your head up out of the ra- the rabbit hole and you're like what the hell is a formant yeah. what, <laughs> what I'm supposed to know what a cricothyroid muscle is what it was right. it was like a smack in the face and but but i have to say i was excited to learn i was so excited to learn and it's been fantastic mm-hmm. but yes there is a stack of books beside my bed i roll over at night and i look at them and i have guilt because i haven't read them and mastered them i <laughs> you know what oh. i mean <laughs> yeah this is what i'm talking about thank you for being the perfect example it's just so good but I'm seeing a lot of investment in continuing education mm-hmm. in our I love that. generation. Yes. Now, yes. I love continuing education. Where I think it gets tricky is remember back what we were just saying a few minutes ago about this. You're juggling your studio business. You're juggling your actual your family. Students, you're juggling your family. And then, oh, by the way, you're giving yourself a master's degree in, you know, a, a tailor In your spare time. You, in your spare time. You know, thank God there's no homework that comes with personal continuing education. (laughs) I mean, like required homework. I think that's a real big challenge. Um, And then also financially, I think it's the hardest financially in this Mm -hmm. in in this chunk because you have so many more fiscal obligations. It's usually when you're, you know, obvious kids, kids are. Like what, what do they say about boats? If you, you know, a boat is like a, a hole in the ocean that you throw your money or something like that. Like <laughs> ch- children, children are like a hole in, in your life that you just throw your money into. I don't know. Wow. Um, but it's true, right? Like you, because you know, you actually have to take care of them and like feed them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But they're exp- kids are expensive. And then all their, all their activities which Mm -hmm. leads to, I mean, there's just so much to do. And then you want to enjoy your life too, right? So like what was enjoyable in your 20s, you know, a weekend away (laughs) was maybe a $500 weekend. And, (laughs) you know, you ain't ain't going to Disneyland for $500 even in one day if you have a family of four, (laughs) right? So not that you have to go to Disneyland, but everything gets more expensive. And so then you get into that weird place where you're like, well, how do I increase my revenue? What kind of revenue streams? How can I diversify my revenue streams? When I'm juggling my family, my studio, my my custom-made master's degree. Yeah, exactly. And still have a life, right? Right, that I actually enjoy. And then there's mm. the wine budget, if you're like me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's most nights is, is it a wine or a whiskey night? How did it go today? <laughs> well, uh. we use that, you know, we joke around, but we use that like, so babe, was it a wine or a whiskey type day? <laughs> you mm. know? Um, uh, This was like the last few years, I really locked down on policies 
And I had to do a huge revamp on how my studio ran. And I know a lot of teachers are doing this. But I think that's a, a really good conversation. And that's often what I've said to my family. It's not that I've ever had anyone with a problem. But this is how my business runs for my family. You know, it, there's this is a side note. But I love what you're saying right now about how clear you are. Because I think that's something that we forget we have to be. Right. With our clients. It's like, I don't know about you, but when I'm clear and I say, this is how, this is how we do it here. This is what we do. This is how I run my business. Here are your policies. And I'm just clear and not wishy-washy about it. I've never had anyone push back. I've had people say, no, thank you. Right. Yeah. I've never had a person push back. Um, I've had people try to haggle me. But I, right. I think some of that is more like they're just test. I don't think they're being rude or trying to be get one over. I think right. they're just trying to see, clarify and see. And as soon as I'm like, yep. no, no, maybe that goes back to the young teacher thing, too, because when you're young, you're trying to build your studio. So you think you have to make everyone happy so that you get a lot of students. Mm-hmm. And I think right. I think if you choose to do that strategically, like, OK, I'll just like have everybody and I'll try to adapt and accommodate and see what works. Like if you're using it kind of as an experiment, but don't like live there as a from a mm-hmm. place of scarcity mindset and fear, you know, mm-hmm. What else do you think? I mean, what do you think about this middle sandwichy generation? I mean, hey, we got up oh, at five thirty in the morning to do a podcast. That should tell us something right. about how we need to that arrange should, our lives differently. I, I mean, I taught for almost almost twenty years before I had my own child. Mm. So when when Noah became of um, of like getting him involved in extracurricular age. I certainly had a greater appreciation for what parents are going through. And I didn't in my 20s. Like, you know, when mm. they were like all disorganized and running around, and I was I was just I didn't I didn't get it. And and I think I think because I do have a child, um there's certain things that I I'm I understand. I understand why you're doing it. And I think when I set up my policies, I set up policies that worked not only for me, but for busy families. So, you know, I run three different pricing strategies in my studio mm-hmm. because I have mm-hmm. three different kind of demographics of students that that I work with. Um, so, what, but one of the demographics was one of the strategies I do is that is the tuition model. Mm-hmm. And it, is like loaded with flex weeks. Yeah. Like I flex do more weeks. than, yeah, I do more flex weeks than, than most people do in that, in that model personally, just because, but that is why, because I was like, you know what? I, I want to accommodate these busy, mm-hmm. the people that are on that are busy people. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just, I don't even try to sell them on the, on the packages you know, I'm just like, listen, just do this. (laughs) It's going to make everybody a lot happier. It's going to be easier, straightforward, you know, and it's the most cost cost effective for the kind of study that you want to do for you client. So, but I love that those flex weeks, right? I'm assuming that's what I just Mm -hmm. assumed that's what you meant when you said you had arranged your policies. No, that's exactly what I did. And, and like I said, it works really well and it works well for me too, because like it just, it takes away that, that, ickiness of oh you missed a lesson too bad like 
like I, I had a student who, you know, has been away for a couple of weeks because of um, like some, some really sad funerals. Like I don't mm. want them to be dealing and grieving and also grieving the fact that they're, they've lost their lessons. And I, and the mom sent me this email and I said, Hey, you never have to worry about missing a lesson. Here's this week. Here's yep. this day. Plus, you can go into my online schedule and see where people have canceled and take those spots. She was so relieved. Like, I love yeah. being able to offer that service. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want, you know, and I love my student. I love this family. They're amazing people. I, I'm, I don't want them to feel, you know. And how good does it feel, which is one of my goals, you know, obviously, you know this with like my clients and stuff, but it's like, how good does it feel when you get to say yes? to your client. Right. And to see the look on the faces of your clients when you're like, okay, because what are, what are people used to? People are used to, no, you can't do this. You can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. And part of it is just languaging and messaging, but you know, getting, I love that we get to accommodate people and still teach them. And it's not, they're not in conflict. Like someone can miss a lesson and still be a really good singer. I I love I I love everything that you're saying. I I love this this conversation so much. Um now you're working with uh you're working with teachers with your course all about this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So So tell people tell people about the the course that you offer cuz it's like a mentoring boot camp hang out with Michelle awesome sauce course. That's what I would call it. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> Did you market it like that? Cuz you can take that. <laughs> I, 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 um, so I, I got asked to teach a class by, you know, people were just like, are you going to teach class on this? You can teach class on this. And I was like, well, yeah, if you want me to do it, I'll create it. So we had our first cohort in the fall. It's named mm-hmm. how to run your studio without hating your boss. Okay. I like that too. Which I, so our good friend Libby, um, Weevil, came mm-hmm. up with that by the way so shout out to Libby. oh shout out hi uh, libby hi libs and she gave me that name and said that i could have it but i also feel great need to always attribute right hashtag attribution always so yeah this class is um it is live class live virtual class right and it is mm-hmm. right. It was six weeks, but I'm seriously considering turning it into eight weeks because, man, we were having an amazing fun time, not only with nice. the content, but uh, the way that I have it structured is that we meet once a meet week through Zoom in a meeting where we're all together, like in a classroom. I teach content mm-hmm. and we discuss. So it's uh, kind of like a cohort or a Mm -hmm. small group class. I call it a cohort of people. And then we have a Facebook group, a secret Facebook group where we discuss homework and I post assignments and trigger, you know, kind of trigger conversation and people can ask questions Mm -hmm. and discuss with one another, learning from each other. I bring in special guests that can talk more on the specific topics. So like last time we had uh, Lynn Summerman from the Wiser Miser. She is a money and financial guru for small businesses. And so she came in and then we had Petra uh, come in, talk about like boundaries and the psychology of, you know, setting yourself in policy writing and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I'm already have some people. Oh, and then I had someone come in about branding. 
And those are all Beautiful. things that I, that I teach on my own. I can teach on my own, but having those extra voices come in too for the different perspective and also Absolutely. to give people resources, right? So now, now all of the people in the class know about those people out there. Um, but yeah, we talk all, you know, it's structured in a way where we kind of go back and forth between understanding kind of the business side of things and then like y- what you bring to your business side of things. Um, I love it. And now it's, are you starting a new one of these? Yeah. You've got a the, new class starting? Yes, I have not decided because I'm looking at my calendar, right? And people were saying they wanted to do it next time. The, the first time it mm-hmm. sold out really fast. So I'm hoping that we can sell it out again um, because there's only, I only want to do 10 seats, 10 right. students per it's cohort. very, very uh, private yeah, I group. Mean, Okay. Yeah. Well, part of me is, you know, that's part of who I am is that high touch. And this stuff needs to be talked about, in my opinion. Yes. I mean, you can take an online course for this. You can. Um, but yeah. there are just too many questions that come up. And it's so it's better to just do it live. And I think, you mm-hmm. know, it basically I gets agree. everything flowing. And then, of course, it doesn't happen in six weeks. It takes a long time to build a business, but it gets you in the, all the information Mm-hmm. that you would need and then you go away and of course you all know where to find me <laughs> right so <laughs> people have questions and stuff that way but we'll do it in the in uh fall uh, sorry q1 of 2019 Beautiful. so i'm already creating a if people are interested i am already have a waitlist set up email waitlist so excellent okay i'll put links to that on the podcast page hey now in your class what were what were the demographics what were the ages of the teachers that you were working with? This was cool. I had all ages. I would say mostly us sandwich people. Ah. I had a couple late 20s, early 30s. I would say a couple, you know, single single women. They were all women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that brought an amazing energy to the group. Mm-hmm. Some middle single and then some older women. Okay. So it was a good, so, it was a good spread of the demo. It was. And it was a cool, you know what? It was a super cool spread of the types of studios too, mm. like in genre. Genre nice. was really fun. And um, man, smart, wicked smart women. Wicked smart. And it was Love so it. fun to just tap into what they, you know, like where they, they are. They were so good at just, I get it. And when I'm confused, I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to make myself get it. <laughs> you know, like it was, it nice. was, it was awesome. So That's I'm really hoping so that it cool. happens. Really hoping that people join us again because it's a cool experience. Can we talk about our teachers that have been in the trenches for a couple of decades? Can we talk about those wonderful people, those wise oh sages of awesomeness? Yes. I love them. And I hate that people, the clients, don't take them seriously either. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to say, I love them and I hate them. I, okay, I'm so glad yeah. you didn't say that. <laughs> yes, I know. They get a lot of grief, don't they? Well, it's so interesting to me how some older teachers get a lot of respect, right? Like they're the mavens mm-hmm. and the matriarchs and the patriarchs of song, and then others get trampled on. Mm. And I am so fascinated and curious about what is the difference in 
those kind of two groups within the one group of being older. Um, Mm. And what I adore that I, so I'm going to bring it back. What I was begging before was what I love is, oh my gosh, I can't use swear words. You're going to have to cut this out. (laughs) They have zero fucks to give. They're done. Yep. They're just like, you don't like it. Bye. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I have, I'm starting to get that in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. Just a, like, yes. I have no time. I have no time. I don't want to spend my emotional energy on this. You don't have a right to my space. You know, you don't have a right to my time. You don't have mm-hmm. a right to my life. And that is like baller. I love that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. It can come off as a bit standoffish and a bit Mm -hmm. holier than thou at times. I will not lie. Uh, So I think for me, I have to be careful because I think that there are some like older teachers I know where I'm like, you kind of come off like you think you know everything. But then again, you probably do. Well, again, (laughs) I'm going to come back to I'm going to come back to the the. Uh, the energy or the tone that is often implied in some of the forum posts, uh, you know, and it's, uh, and I feel exactly the way you do. I, f- they're, what they're writing is, is valid and, and, and helpful, but it's written in a tone in a way that makes me want to dismiss it. Which I think is great. I think that's one of the things that's hard about being a sage teacher, right? Mm. Is, when did you learn how to communicate online? When in your oh, life yes. did you ever have the opportunity to learn how to have a brief back and forth typed conversation? Mm. There was, n- yeah, I mean, you learned, I mean, it, so if you are in your, <clears throat> let's see, iPhone came out in 2008. So if you're maybe, I'm, I'm guessing here, 60 or older. Mm-hmm. You were already like you were that was not part of your world in any way, shape or form when it came to your, you know, how you operate in the world. Mm. Right. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes when I hear that kind of tone from from teachers that I know are a little bit older, I just I just remind like, I don't know. This is why I always say you do. You cannot read tone, but you also have to be Mm -hmm. responsible for it. Like. Yeah, it's a cat. It doesn't seem fair that you have to let another person not assume about another person, but and also take responsibility for your own tone. But mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Um, when when people really feel confident and they get to that place where they're like, "See ya, I don't have time for you." I love that, and I mm-hmm. can't wait for it. But I also see on the other side of it that dismissiveness. <clears throat> pardon me. And it's really concerning to me the stories that I hear from clients about younger parents treating older teachers with disrespect. Like oh my goodness, parent, yes. Parent clients. And I, sometimes I want to like shake these parents and be like, don't you get who you're talking to? You're talking to like, I'm thinking of one client in particular who this client, she goes 
way out of her way to stay up to date on the most recent science, up to date on the most recent policies. She is kind, she is generous, and she is older. And this woman raised seven children Mm. and and recently had a situation where a parent spoke to her like she did not know how to work with kids. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, are you kidding me? This woman runs like kids classes all the time. This woman raised seven children and is raising her, helping, you know, helping with childcare with her grandchildren. She has a children's choir. Like this woman knows how to work with children. And the dismissiveness that was um, because this person didn't like her style. Hmm. And I'm like, there's a difference between like, you don't know how to work with a kid and I just personally don't like this person's style. Wow. And so that, if you have ever, so all of you awesome teachers out there who are in the sage generation, if you're a sage teacher and someone does that, I give you full permission to be like, get out, get out. (laughs) And I mean, don't take it in a professional way. But Mm -hmm. which you will because you were raised to talk like that. That's the other thing that I really admire about the sage generation is there's there's a way they communicate that is so inherently more formal. Well, I also think the the older generation has isn't as uncomfortable with face to face conversations because that's what they did. Hello. Formal formal writing and face to face conversations we all need to be mentored by these people in how to do this, right? I, I, I feel that a lot of struggles and challenges and problems in teaching studios today come from, come from a lack of face-to-face conversations, come from teachers that don't uh, welcome parents into the teaching studio to see their awesomeness and to see how awesome they are with children and that we respond back and forth in text. Like it's just a recipe for bad things to happen. I agree. I would say, and yet the younger teachers, they communicate like with each other, right? So I see these very elaborate conversations happening. Even like my students will be having conversations and they like completely understand what the other person is saying via text. Mm. And Mm. I'm like, that creeps me out that they are so in tune to the tone of the person on the other side. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I just can't do, I mean, I just said earlier, you can't read tone because I can't, (laughs) it's all about me. And because I can't do it, no one else should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else do we love about, so challenges of the older teachers too. You have to slow down Mm. at some point. And I, I mean, I see this happening with my own parents. It's this idea that their brains are still young and vibrant and full of ideas and full of newness and wanting to try new things. And maybe the body just is not there anymore. Mm. And that's real. And if you've been teaching your whole life and that's what you love and it's it's really your identity because also the generation of career identity, identity and career, right? One long career the whole time where like younger people, they can mm. go from kind of thing to thing and it's like expected, you know, 
that yeah. you don't work anywhere for f- more than five years. It's like weird if you work somewhere more than five years instead of like what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. But like career, your identity is in that. And all of a sudden you just can't do it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's. And then sometimes maybe there's not a financial stability there because there wasn't the the kind of the groundwork laid because there weren't certain things available. Like, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I just, oh, I just was helping someone open an SCP I, uh, IRA. And I'm like, mm. I wonder, I wonder how, how long has the option of an SCP IRA or a Roth IRA been available in the United States? Because mm-hmm. if you started teaching 50 years ago, mm. And there was, I mean, how did you save for your own retirement 50 years ago? Mm. You know? Well, you know, that right there is another podcast, being self-employed and having to look ahead in and Mm -hmm. how, you know, will, can you retire? You know, (laughs) have you thought that far ahead, right? Because if you're working for a company, they often, that's often set up for you. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, I guess we're kind of done now, but I'm really trying to think of this. What can you do as an older person? You know, I think, okay, well, we're going there. What do you do to stay, um, to stay in a place where, where you can communicate effectively with generations that Mm. have a completely different understanding of communication. And I really admire the teachers who are like, all right, well, I'm going to learn Facebook and I'm going to learn Instagram yep. and I'm going to learn mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how to write a website and I'm going to yep. try to learn how to do these things that were never part of my worldview. I admire that so deeply. and you, But you have to do it if you're going to stay relevant. Like you, you yes. have to have a website. Now, on the flip side of that, if you've been established for a really, really, really long time, you might not need a website at all because it's all word of mouth and you're not moving anywhere and you're just, you know, uh, farming in and out really, really well. Cause there are several teachers I know that do that too. They're like, I don't have a website. I just, people call my voicemail on my eighties voice messaging recorder (laughs) (laughs) on my dial phone, (laughs) on my dial, (laughs) my rotary dial phone. What's a computer? What happens and this has happened to a few of my teachers, colleagues locally, is like gentrification of your community can happen within like a couple of years. So one of my teachers was living in a community and two of the local elementary schools closed down and the kids are now being bussed out. And then there's not a lot of young families moving into her community anymore. And it seems Mm. like... And I had this really interesting conversation. She goes, you know, it seems like it happened overnight, but I just, I noticed a steady decline over the last couple of years. And now I'm in financial trouble. Now I'm struggling. People in the neighborhood don't know who I am. I don't have the client, the automatic clients that would mm. walk past my house and see my sign. See the sign. Mm-hmm. And, and, I and say, now she's. Okay. The moment you see it starting to happen is the moment you have to pounce. And that's right. Hard, but you don't. Right? It's because nobody uh, wants to think like that. Like, oh, it's just, you know, it's slower this year or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, and it's hard, too, because you're tired and you've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I need to do marketing. And I think the thing is, like, I don't. I don't marketing know how is to dirty. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to do that 
And so I'm just going to like put my fingers in my ears and la, 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 la. Um, and then there's all the baggage that comes up with people's misunderstandings of what marketing is and what sales are. And, but I get it, right? Like you don't know what to do. So you stick your head in the sand and you don't do anything. And it's a mm-hmm. protection mechanism. I do it with certain things, mm-hmm. don't we all? And you, then, you know, at some point you have to be like, mama panties and do the work. <laughs> oh, I wish people could see the video feed because the, the gesture <laughs> that you did with that, where you pulled your panties up there. I did it. <laughs> I know. I love Maybe it. Maybe it's good. Oh, Nikki, thanks so much for humoring me at such this early hour. Oh, Michelle, I want to, well, I want to thank you. This, this is the type of insight that I think we really need to talk about more in our teaching studios. And I'm, I'm happy that we could have this conversation. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I mean, if you're in your, you're just starting your career or you're in the middle of the thick of it or you are, you know, towards, you know, your later years, I mean, I hope you found something that uh, has been helpful. Um, but Michelle, thank you. Your insight is so, so wonderful. Thank you for doing what you do. And I'm thank going you. to put a link. I'm going to put a link on my podcast page about your course, how to run your studio and not hate your boss. hanging out with Michelle's awesome sauce. You can add that as a tagline if you want. Um, But uh, I'm going to put a link to that because you're, uh, you're, you've got a wait list. You're only taking 10 people. It's intensive, hands-on, small group, personal training about just being the best you can be in your teaching studio, no matter Mm. what age. Um, You are like my uh, go-to person. I'm going to have you back. So 2019, we'll talk about big girl panties or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I hope that what we, I love when we get on because we just kind of chat and I hope that it's yes. so relevant. I hope it finds relevance and to the audience, everybody out there. And also I want to say to all the listeners, you are seen more than you know. Like, oh, nice. I yes. know that Nikki takes great care to look out for her listenership. And, mm. and that's one of the things I love about you, Nikki, and why I love being on your podcast, because I know it's always going to be, I know who I'm talking to. I know I'm talking to the people in the trenches and I know they're my nice. people, right? It's like, cool. It's yes. like, I know, you know, other podcasts I do and stuff. It's also very cool, but I always feel at home when I'm hanging out with Nikki on full voice. Aw, thank you. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your early morning uh, conversation. Buckets of coffee. A very special thank you to my dear friend and colleague, Michelle, for joining me again on the Full Voice Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Michelle or the Speakeasy Cooperative, or if you would like a link to sign up for her very next course, How to Run Your Studio Without Hating Your Boss, please see the podcast notes and our podcast page at the Full Voice. As always, if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please send us a message and leave a review on iTunes. This helps us in so many ways. Have an inspired day of teaching and happy singing. 
Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca